We know that fish are good for us. The American Heart Association recommends eating at least two servings of fish a week. But we also heard that fish are contaminated with mercury, PCBs, and other chemicals. So, should we eat fish? Welcome to the Nutrition Tidbits podcast. This is Gloria Tseng, editor in chief for HealthCastle.com. Joining me today is nutritionist Joanne Hessling, co-author of the Healthy Whole Foods Counter. She's here today to give us the lowdown on safety of fish. Thank you for joining me, Joanne. Thank you, Gloria. So, with so many scary reports about mercury in tuna, PCBs, and other toxins in farm fish. Should we bother eating fish? Yes, that is the short and simple answer. But I think fish is a very good example of what we as dietitians look at when we talk about risk and benefit. And this is a food that has both. It has some risk and it has some benefit. If you eat fish regularly, you're definitely going to help to reduce your risk for heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, stroke, diabetes, depression. I mean, that's a pretty impressive list. But if you also eat fish regularly, you do subject yourself to more exposure to mercury, some environmental contaminants, and possibly some microbes. So we have to eat fish with a wise um, approach. That's good to know. Now, are some fish less contaminated and are savored for consumption? Yes. Absolutely so. As a matter of fact, an excellent resource is the Environmental uh, Protection Agency. The EPA on their website has a link to where they list fish advisories, consumption advisories, for all 51 states and territories in the United States as well as Canada. So any consumer that has a question, if there is an alert for a more contaminated region, and they think that might be their area, they could simply go to this website, or if they don't have computer capacity, they can call the EPA. They have an 800 number. So that's a, a really good resource. We, we don't have as many fish scares today as we did years ago when some of our waters were very, very contaminated with PCBs, and that's good news. Now, for our listeners, the EPA website is www.epa.gov. Now, are certain fish typically raised in the fish farms? Yes, there are that are raised in fish farms, and that, again, is a, is a controversy. However, many marine biologists feel that um, fish farms and aquaculture, as it is called, is going to be something that we're going to have to rely on more and more in the future. So these kinds of farming, it, it's technically not farming with soil as we would think, but it is farming in that they control the growth and feed of a population of fish. It can be done in a tank or it can be done in an enclosure in open waters. Uh, fish that are t uh, very often done this way are salmon, catfish, tilapia, and cod. And they also do catfish, but catfish usually are not on coastal waters. They're inland. Um, so they may be done in a river stream or, again, in a tank. Okay. Now, in a nutshell, what would you recommend? Which type of fish we could actually eat on a regular basis? Well, uh, again, uh, salmon is always the best choice because it's such a rich source of omega-3 fatty acids. And in this country, we just don't get enough of them. Um, lean fish are good, such as flounder. They're high in protein, low in saturated fat, low in cholesterol. 
Um, tuna fish. Um, tuna has gotten such a bad rap because of the dolphins and mercury, but there are tunas that we can select that are good. Um, light tuna and chunk light tuna have far less mercury than solid tuna or albacore. And the Consumer Union has recommended that one, three cans a week of chunk light tuna is a good amount or one can of the solid light or albacore. So, you know, again, it's a risk-benefit. If you prefer the solid, you have to eat less. If you are happy with the chunk light, then you get to eat more. <laughs> That's good to know. Now, what's the regulation of labeling wild versus farm? There is supposed to be a regulation on that, but unfortunately, the compliance is low. Um, it falls under our cool labeling, which is country of origin labeling, and that labeling sweeps in whether the um, fish has been raised in a wild situation or in a farm situation. The problem is we have not as much compliance as we would like to have, but any consumer who wants to know should be able to ask their grocery supervisor, they go to the um, store manager, go to the, um, the, the seafood counterman, and they should be able to provide that information. If they don't and you complain, it will force more compliance. So we as consumers can be demanding more of that information and having it where we can see it. What I usually do is when, you know, when I see wild and I assume it's wild, and if I don't see wild, I just automatically assume that it's farm. Is that, is that okay to make that assumption? Yes, it is, but no, it isn't. Tell us more. I keep waffling back and forth, and, and that's why fish is such a good example of some of these problems that we all face. Uh, yes, uh, uh, many chain stores will be very careful about their labeling, but unfortunately we can be getting fish from a local fish market or we can get it sometimes even in a green market where there may be a fish stall so that, or the fish can be frozen and the, the labeling may not trail its way all the way through the processing. So yes, your assumption is a fairly valid one, but unfortunately it doesn't hold 100%. Now, I've seen some organic labeling on fish product. Tell us more about the scope of organic fish. Well, that's another problem. And I, I keep saying problem, problem, problem. <laughs> and, I, and I really, uh, I'm sorry for that. But the problem with this one <laughs> is that when the USDA organic standards were set up, fish was scooped into the standards, but no regulations were ever written for fish because fish farming and organic fish were not such a big deal at that time. Now, the organic standards have subsequently set up a National Organic Standards Board, and they have a task force and are in the process of drafting organic regulations. So I would bet in the next year or two, we will see much more USDA organic labeling on fish. Private companies have stepped up, and they are doing some of the certifying. The problem is there's no unification amongst those private certifiers. So again, we're not always guaranteed that what we're looking at is what we're seeing. Great info. Now, uh, Joanne, tell us more about your pocketbook, the Healthy Whole Foods Counter. Well, the Healthy Whole Foods Counter really came up as a, it was the brainchild of my own readers from other counter books. They had so many questions as the country, as the United States and Canada are greening 
with all of our food supply, the information was difficult to sift through. People didn't know, should I go organic, should I go sustainable, should I uh, use farm-raised uh, eggs, should free-range. There were so many words and terms. So basically what we did in the Healthy Whole Foods Counter is put together a compilation of everything you always wanted to know about eco-friendly eating, and you weren't exactly sure who to ask. Um, the information you and I just discussed on fish is a good example of a section that we've done. But there are many others, vegetables, grains. We, we walk you through the supermarket uh, with planet-friendly suggestions. And, and basically what we say in the book is don't separate yourself from the earth that feeds you. Excellent advice. Joanne, what's your website? So our website is um, thenutritionexperts.com, and we welcome readers to get to us and ask us informal questions, and we're happy to answer their questions or refer them to a, a reliable source. Thank you again for joining me, Joanne. It's been a pleasure, Gloria. We've been talking to nutritionist Joanne Hessling, author of The Healthy Whole Foods Counter. For more healthy eating tips and information about this show, go to healthcastle.com.